a lot of the a lot of the roof safe sunscreens are using um, a lot more natural based ingredients mm -hmm. whereas so you have um, a chemical sunscreen you have a physical sunscreen so for example somebody is a physical sunscreen because we're using a physical uv blocker the non-nanoparticle zinc oxide is going to block the uv rays from your skin whereas traditional chemical sunscreens you put onto your skin to be absorbed and these are going to absorb the uva and uvb rays and then let your body um, sort of process and deal with it Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast. Today I'm here with Tom Heine who is the co-founder of Sun Butter Skincare. We get into why sunscreen is actually damaging to our reefs, what you can do to look out for reef safe alternatives, and the whole thing is why are we even putting things on our body which are damaging to our reefs and potentially our own bodies when we don't know the health impacts. We get into all of that and more today, so stay tuned to learn more about reef safe sunscreen. Every day there's a new news story about the crisis facing our ocean. Whether it's the plastic issue, overfishing, pollution, if the oceans die, we die. Fortunately, we have plenty of environmental activists, marine conservationists, and eco-warriors who are out there every day fighting to protect our oceans and our earth. On the Ocean Pancake Podcast, we're going to be hearing from some of them about how to decrease our environmental footprint, go plastic-free, participate in ocean conservation, cleanups, and even maybe some marine science. So, welcome to the Ocean Pancake Podcast, where the goal is sustainability and living a turquoise life. My name is Kat Andreskova, and I'm your host today. Let's get into this week's episode. And welcome to another episode of the Ocean Pancake Podcast. Today, I am joined by Tom Heine, who is the co-founder of Sun Butter Skincare. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Thanks so much for having me, Kat. So before we get into the details of what Sun Butter Skincare is, tell us a little bit about yourself. What made you fall in love with the ocean and join the kind of marine conservation mission? Um, so I'm originally from England. I grew up in the middle of England and uh, lived there till I was 18. And uh, pretty much like yourself, actually, as soon as I was old enough to, I, I fled to the ocean. We always went went to the beach on holidays, and I, I just loved it and was obsessed with wildlife documentary and things like that. So um, I ran off and travelled around the world a bit before becoming a dive master and a dive instructor. And then, yes, firmly sort of stayed in the tropics. I was living in Zanzibar, Mexico, and then found myself managing a little desert island in the Seychelles for a couple of years and it's just such an amazing place I think you know once it casts its spell on you you are enchanted forever to mm -hmm. paraphrase Sylvia Earle um, it just you duck your head underneath anyway it could be a temperate reef or a tropical reef and you are really just spellbound and uh, yeah that's what drew me to it and that's what sort of keeps me going back I guess. I've gone through the same exact journey as soon as I put my head underwater it was just a sandy bottom. I didn't even see anything exciting. I think my instructor showed me an octopus and I was like, that is it. That is what I'm doing with my life forever. <laughs> just, I want to show people octopus and the ocean. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and in terms of sun butter, so can you share with the audience a little bit about what that is? Because it's a very exciting thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It is. <laughs> I guess if you'd asked me like, six years ago what I'd be doing I would probably have 
stayed on a similar trajectory. So my partner, my fiance, Sasha and I uh, were working as wildlife guides. We were on the Ningaloo for a couple of years and then we work on expedition ships as expedition staff and wildlife guides. And we are, we are so privileged to go to all these incredible remote tropical locations to dive and snorkel. And um, yeah, I guess about five years ago was when there's a lot of research and evidence showing the harm of sunscreen chemicals on coral reefs. And we're sort of, you know, how can we go to these pristine remote spots and then slather up in sunscreen as well, you know, obviously wearing long sleeve rashies and, and hats and stuff like that. But you still, sunscreen was a must for us. And, you know, we couldn't, couldn't really go to these spots and then with a clear conscience lather up on the sunscreen that we know the chemicals are, are damaging the reef. So um, my partner's half Swiss and um, apparently they're famous for like potions and things like that. <laughs> so she, uh, she just went to the kitchen and started making our own sunscreen for us about, um, yeah, five years ago now. And uh, it was just like a really organic journey. She made it, we wore it, we loved it. Friends on the Ningaloo sort of took it and loved it. And then a couple of stores wanted to stock it around Exmouth. And next thing, like strangers are emailing us asking to buy it. And we're like, you know what, like this is a legitimate thing we can do. And it was just really important for us to find a product that we believed in. And when there wasn't one on the market, we kind of took it into our own hands to, to make one for the market. Um, and yeah, then we had this really long, in-depth, crazy, complicated journey into the world of pharmaceutical companies and cosmetics and the Australian Therapeutic Goods Administration and things like that. And um, emerged the other end in June last year and, and launched Australia's first approved plastic packaging free sunscreen. Which was which was pretty exciting. I can't believe that's only last year. I feel like yeah. it's been <laughs> such a long journey. I mean, I've heard about you guys here and there for a little while, so it's just just last year. Wow. Yeah, June twenty nineteen, we finally put the product. We launched a Kickstarter campaign and smashed our target, and then we're able to to bring the product out. But um, yeah, I mean, we've been handmaking for sort of three or four years, and our handmade formula, our handmade surf sinks are still really popular. So we keep doing those and are working on on uh, getting the approved version of those out but um yeah sunscreen in australia's class as a medicine so the rules and regulations are really tight mm -hmm. you can't put an spf rating on your product unless it's made in an approved facility mm -hmm. so when we were hand making we sent off and paid a fortune to get it tested and got a an spf 25 plus rating but we can't tell you that because it's not made in an approved facility so we had to like find a manufacturer who was even prepared to entertain the idea of packaging plastic free. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, out of like the two dozen or so manufacturers we emailed, probably 20 of them were like, no, it will not work. We have no interest. Goodbye. And we're like, just take our money. Humor, <laughs> take our money. Uh, but yeah, we got really lucky eventually and found a great manufacturer and we've been working with them ever since. And yeah, it's going really well so far. That's fantastic. Before we get into details of what sun butter skincare actually is and all about the sunscreen, because I'm very excited about that, I do want to kind of rewind and talk a little bit about the toxic parts of other sunscreens and what is actually damaging our reefs. What's in these sunscreens that we need to look out for? It's a, that's a really good question. I think probably the best resource that you UCAT could probably share is um, the HEL list from the Hereticus Environmental Lab. So just H-E-L. Um, this is a, a lab, a laboratory based over in Hawaii, and they test cosmetics of all variety, not just sunscreens, to see the harm that the ingredients do to coral reefs. And that's mm -hmm. their main focus of research. 
And so they publish a hell list and that's got all the harmful chemicals on, but <clears throat> excuse me, but um, just really common sunscreen chemicals, ingredients like oxybenzone, octinoctate, homosalate, that are in like, that are, it's slowly phasing out as, as the sort of demand increases. They're in like 95% of sunscreens on the market. And, um, and then just a bit like the BPA sort of scandal with bottles where people are like, oh, it's BPA free, but we've just kind of rebranded slightly and we've still got exactly the same problem, but don't worry, it's got no BPA. It's got this other yeah. bad thing instead. You know, you, instead of getting oxybenzone, you now get like nephioxydibenzone, which is still really harmful to the reefs. But companies can say, oh, we're oxybenzone free. And you're like, yeah. you are, but you're not, you're not good still. <laughs> um, well, so yeah, I, the hell list is like a great resource. Because in Australia now, um, I know they've started putting the reef-friendly stickers on certain sunscreens, like uh, Nivea, I think I've seen it, and a couple of the others. And it even says like approved in Hawaii or something. But then I turn it around and I read ingredients because that's the type of person I've become now. <coughs> and it has a few of these that you've already mentioned. You know, it doesn't have oxybenzone, but as you said, it has the, I do not remember the names of them. <laughs> <laughs> but it has these other long, complicated ones. And I'm just like, how can they still say they're reef safe if they have other ones that are on the list yeah. is it just because in hawaii they just banned oxybenzone like the one ingredient it's it's also like it's also a great question so i guess the easiest thing to compare it to would be like a vegan certified product oh, yeah. to be certified vegan you have to have no animal products and there's you know the vegan society and you can write to them and say hey guys we're a vegan product will you certify us and they say yep yeah, let me look at your ingredients get your manufacturer to confirm that there are no um, animal um, ingredients or derived ingredients in it, and we'll certify vegan. <clears throat> Sorry, but there's, there's no certifying body for reef safe. Mm -hmm. And so because the research is still relatively new and increasing, you can say reef safe and no one's gonna pull you up on it because there's no body there to say, hang on, we are the reef safe organizing committee and mm -hmm. you, you have got non-reef safe ingredients. Um, and as with all governments, different governments have different ingredients they're prepared to talk about. So a lot of them are just banning uh, oxybenzone, octinoctate, oxynoctate, and homosalate. And so if they don't have those three, then they're kind of like, oh, we're reef safe. But then the hell list, such a great resource, will say, hang on, no, these are the 16 most common um, ingredients in sunscreen and you know, we've shown them all to have a detrimental impact on coral reefs. So um, it's a tricky one. Uh, we, we have loads of repeat customers on our, like the expedition ships we work on and they come running up to us and they're like, Tom, Sasha, we bought reef safe sunscreen. It says on the front. And just like you did then, Kat, you're like, yeah, it says it, but this is not a good ingredient. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yes, it's got a little bit of zinc oxide in, which at current research is the healthiest, is the safest for our oceans, not healthiest, it's the safest for our oceans um but you know like below it is a bad ingredient so yeah it's really it's so tricky and it, it definitely requires the um the the consumer to have a do a little bit of research or or find like brands with integrity it, it definitely <laughs> is especially here in australia i find it fascinating that you know what we're all coastline basically all of us live on the coast yet to find reef safe sunscreen is one of the hardest things and before 
um, kind of contacting you guys, I've been on this mission to try and find reef safe sunscreen. Now, as you can see, I've, I've brought them out. In my home, we have many sunscreens because we're out on the boat all the time. And uh, a lot of these have been purchased before I kind of came into the picture and was like, no, only reef safe. But um, I find it fascinating. Um, like this is the one I've been using for several years. It's the Badger sunscreen. Uh, yeah, they're non-nano, zinc oxide, they're reef safe, all that. But again, plastic packaging. So it's yeah. like, it's, it's that battle where it's, you know, but it's got beeswax as well. So it's not vegan. You can't win with a lot of these things. <laughs> it's so tricky, you're right. And um, it definitely like, that's where, it's exactly where we found ourselves. We're like, cool, like piling through, you know, surf stores and dive shops and like independent pharmacies. And like, oh, this is great. You know what, like beeswax isn't the worst thing ever, but we'd prefer to avoid the industrial beeswax yeah. industry. Okay, well, we won't use that. And, uh, and then we got to the point where like, this is the best, but it's in plastic packaging. How can I get... Yes. Like something that's good for the ocean and sunscreen packaging is usually a five ply plastic so it can't be recycled yeah no because they get five different types of plastic in these skinny layers and sort of mesh them together and you're like it just didn't feel right so that's when we were like you know what let's let's do this plastic free and and we did <laughs> i what i have found very interesting about other sunscreen brands though is if, if you read the ingredients in the ones which are labeled sensitive, like this one, the Cancer Council sensitive sunscreen, um, it actually doesn't have most of the ingredients that we talked about are bad for the oceans, right? So they're, the, the sunscreens which are targeted for kids or sensitive skin don't have these octocrylene, yeah. homo, sorry, I'm I don't sorry. know. Um, and that really made me stop and think like if we don't want to put those ingredients on our children or on sensitive skin what what makes us think that it's okay for our oceans or for non-sensitive skin you know you know what I mean and I just found that very interesting that even in the normal sunscreen world they avoid these chemicals for people who have sensitive skin so I'm like why is it why is it an ingredient? Why are they using it in 95% of sunscreens? If it's like, uh, absolutely, it, it's such a good point. And I forget the stats, but it's on the, it's on the hell list again. Um, it's something obscene, like 10 out of 16 common sunscreen chemicals hadn't been tested for their impact on human health. It was, uh, this will block the sun and protect you from skin cancer, which is really, really important. Like mm -hmm. I am fully supporting people looking after their health and not getting skin cancer. But we're just like lathering on our biggest organ. And just because sort of we don't necessarily drink through our skin in our minds, sort of visually, we just put all these chemicals on and, you know, wonder why we have breakouts, let alone any other issues it might, it might have. And I just, when we read that, I was like, this is, it's not like you say, like, how are we saying this to everybody? But oh no, this is a children's sunscreen because you wouldn't want to put it on children. And then, 10 out of 16 common sunscreen chemicals hadn't been tested their impact on human health. I thought that is, that's a, it's wild. Like we're putting it all over our bodies. Like we should test it. It yeah. should be, should be checked. Well, especially because as you're saying in Australia, sunscreen is considered a pharmaceutical medicine. So how is, how has it not been tested? And as you are saying, our largest organ and it absorbs 
do not quite remember, but I think it's 30% or something of, of what is put onto it. So that's a lot of chemicals going directly into our bodies. And yeah, I know the previous generation is now struggling due to sun damage and um, you know the increased number of skin cancers because they lather themselves in oil. But what our generation, what are we going to have as our side effect for lathering ourselves in these chemical products? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I should mention, just in case the, the Australian TJ tune in, that, that was a fact about the FDA. So I, I don't know if, if uh, the Australian government's testing would be better for human health, but absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's great, you know, like you're seeing, you're seeing these ingredients on kids' sunscreen, and there are so many more sunscreens being available that are the natural ingredient based, and you're starting to see them pop up all over the place, which is great because people are definitely becoming more aware of what we put on our skin and what we do to the planet and are looking for ways to mitigate that. And, um, you know, slowly filtering down to people thinking like, Oh, I'm covering myself in sunscreen because I work outdoors or I enjoy, you know, spending time outdoors or whatever it might be. But what's this sunscreen doing to me on the planet? And it's, it's so lovely to see so many brands, you know, even huge brands bringing like a planet friendly and a, a skin friendly sunscreen to market. That's great. Yeah, and there's definitely a shift happening, and it is thanks to, as you said, Hawaii and the testing they've done there. Now, off the top of my head, I do not remember uh, the the numbers, but it was something like several tons of sunscreen were entering the waters around their beaches and coral reefs every single day, because of course, unlike Australia, Hawaii has a large, large number of tourists going in and out of the water um, in very small, concentrated areas. So what was happening is the reefs were dying and the scientists over there weren't sure why. And then, yeah, they started figuring out that it might be that ton of sunscreen, which was actually getting into um, the coral reefs. Thank you so much to the sponsor of today's episode, which is you guys. Thanks to everyone who has become a patron on Patreon. I really appreciate it. We have all sorts of fun things happening there. I share behind the scenes. I share episodes before they even go live, discounts, and we have a great time chatting and voting on things that we want to see in Ocean Pancake. So I would highly recommend you head on over there and help me continue doing the work I'm doing. It's thanks to you guys and your passion and your love for the ocean that I get to do the work I do. So thank you so much and let's get back to Reef Safe Sunscreen. Now, in terms of Reef Safe Sunscreen, what, what is the difference that it doesn't harm the coral reefs? Like what is it about the ingredients essentially that makes it better or less yeah. bad? <laughs> A lot of the a lot of the reef safe sunscreens are using um, a lot more natural based ingredients. Mm -hmm. Whereas, so you have um, a chemical sunscreen, you have a physical sunscreen. So, for example, somebody is a physical sunscreen because we're using a physical UV blocker. The non nanoparticles zinc oxide is going to block the UV rays from your skin. Whereas traditional chemical sunscreens, you put onto your skin to be absorbed, and these are going to absorb the UVA and UVB rays, and then let your body um, sort of process and deal with it, um, which is which is pretty bad. And so there's a lot of chemicals in there that we as the human race have, have created, whereas the physical sunscreens are a lot, lot simpler. Um, and a lot of them you'll just see are things like non-nanoparticles in oxide, a natural wax, be it candelilia wax or beeswax, um, coconut oil, and then, you know, 
you might see a few different strains of oils. Um, for example, we have medium train triglycerides, which, which you can derive from nearly any sort of natural fatty oil source like coconuts or olives or uh, palm or whatever. Um, so you, you're really using a lot more of a natural based recipe um, ingredient list to, to, for your sunscreen formula rather than bringing all these chemicals. And so I guess because they're from nature, there's less harm, there's less chance, I should say, of them doing harm to nature mm-hmm. um, than the chemical sunscreens that we've just sort of synthesized all these things that do their job of protecting us from skin cancer. But as you mentioned, what, what impact do they have on our human health in the future and what, what impact will they have on the oceans as well? And for the people who say, oh, well, you know, I just go out on the reef, you know, once a year, or I don't even live near the ocean and they're using these chemical sunscreens, do you think it still matters or should they also be switching over to reef friendly alternatives? I think it definitely matters. Um, There's lots of, I think since the awareness has increased, you know, Hawaii has banned um, some sunscreen ingredients. Florida wants to take, uh, take a ban as well. The island nation of Palau is looking to ban it, um, or they may have done already. There's all this awareness, and therefore with awareness comes research and research money. So instead of just being like, oh, we're going to check coral reefs, you now have research looking into temperate reefs and freshwater ecosystems, you know, for, for those guys who are, you know, um, water skiing on the rivers or the lakes and things like that. And, and the overwhelming response is that a lot of the chemical sunscreens are not, are not um, good for our water sources. And of course, you've got to think that it's all connected. Everything goes to the ocean. So if you're jumping in a river upstream, you know, like it seems that, I think the problem is it's so minute for us, but you're going to jump in a river upstream and those chemicals are going to drift their way down to the ocean eventually. Um, so I think, you know, regardless where you are, if you're jumping in a, a mountain river, somewhere up in the snowy mountains or you're jumping onto the Ningaloo reef like we should all really be thinking about impacts on the planet mm-hmm. and then of course there's that added benefit of putting on a product that's not gonna harm your body or your skin yeah and also of course even if you don't jump into a river and then you shower at the end of the day that the, the sunscreen is still going to come off your body and most likely yeah. go into uh, some sort of water system which all drains lead to the ocean. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, such a good point. Absolutely, Kat. Yeah, so true. Um, no, but that's really amazing. So now in terms of sun butter skincare, you guys have made this um, physical sunscreen, which one of my friends actually had it on the boat with me and I was there sitting with my little badger, you know, like, oh, I like only having reef safe sunscreen on my boat. I'm that person, you know, I, I have briefings on my own personal boats. I can't get the diving instructor out of me. <laughs> like, hi guys, this is where the where the emergency uh, life jackets are. This is where the extra water is. Um, we have reusable containers, so you can refill your water bottles. <laughs> and um, yes, we'd like reef safe sunscreen. If you do not have any, I can provide some. And uh, my friend was like, oh, I actually have one. And um, she brought out sun butter. And I was like, ooh. You know, like it's in a tin. So that was like my first introduction. So I was like straight away, like, excellent. Give me, show me what's happening. And I don't know, for people who've used reef safe sunscreen before, um, so far I've only found the ones in, in plastic, which they're always like a little bit harder to put on, I found, because it's the physical blocking. And what I found with the sun butter is that it was like a butter. <laughs> like it was really um reminiscent of 
non-physical sunscreen. And I don't know how you guys did that, but it's so smooth and just, it feels like a normal lotion, I guess, rather than like the, the tougher zinc type of yeah. alternatives. I don't know. How did you guys manage that? <laughs> that is, um, that's down to our manufacturing partner who, uh, who are geniuses, but, um, the, uh, oh, it's trade secrets, Kat. I don't want to tell no, too much. Sorry, sorry. But, um, no, it's, it's just, they've <laughs> got some really good ingredients there that, that disperse the zinc well. So, um, instead of like starting to work with that powder straight away, you just, the zinc is already dispersed mm -hmm. in, um, in a, in a solution and then you know you, you add to it some like really nice simple natural oils you know coconut oil is one of the ingredients and it just it just really helps that glide mm -hmm. um and th th that was the whole thing you know we're like we want a product that we want to use yeah and you know like we don't want to be like painting ourselves like a ghost and we don't want to you know have things that leave us feeling chalky or, or mm -hmm. things like that and so we, we tried a few things and I think we really irritated our manufacturer, but they were, they humored us and we kept paying our bills. So that was the important thing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, eventually we ended up with a product that we really loved and, and we're really pleased with. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's the sun butter. Uh, what SPF is it now that you guys went 50, through all the testing? 50. 50. Yeah. Um, I remember as a kid just seeing like SPF 50 and being like, what is this? Who uses SPF 50 now in Australia? I'm like, only SPF 50. <laughs> <laughs> no point for uh, anything else <laughs> i'm so, so grateful for for sasha for so many reasons but we had this exact conversation like coming from England, i was like no one only people who have like very very fair skin mm. are gonna want to get 50 like we should come in with a 30 she's like tom this is australia it's australia yeah. now <laughs> have an spf 50 first and then we'll see if we if we want to have other spfs as well i was like uh, and i'm yeah, so glad I listened to her. She's a smart cooking. Oh, definitely, because it's it's so funny, because coming from Europe, you don't think about it, because um, there was like SPF 15, 20, 30, if it's a really... Oh my gosh, 30, push the boat. Yeah, I know. Like, that's just for the face, you know, for the body, still SPF 15, maybe, you know. <laughs> but now SPF 50, um, or as he said, long sleeves, hats, you know, rashies all the time. Anytime anyone sees me out on a boat, I look like the biggest geek. I swear, I wear my wetsuit all day. I have this wide brimmed hat, sunglasses. I'll wear a sun mask if I can. Um, really, my first defense against the sun is to just hide away from it. Um, and of course, second defense is the reef safe sunscreen. But I think it's so important for people to also realize that, you know, you do not need to be in your bikini all the time or your little board shorts like especially in australia especially in this extreme sun it's just not uh, it's such such a good point uh, and that's something we we love to stress as well like, i can completely agree with you just covering up is your best defense mm -hmm. you know and there are so many awesome companies out there making really cool swimwear that you know you can look like a whale shark or you can look whatever you want to look like and you can look flattering you can look flamboyant and just covering your skin is really one of the best things we can do to start with and then um and then for those bits that you can't cover or it might not be practical to cover then like you say choose a reef safe sunscreen exactly yeah so that's that's always what i try and kind of bring home but i'm so excited to to get to try sun butter and have my own little jar because yeah. i think i've been annoying my friends like can you bring your sunscreen <laughs> um, I so love it here, yeah 
Yeah, so it's 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 cool to see and definitely because they're um, they spent a lot of time in Exmouth, so that's of course where you started with um, yeah. all that. So that's that's cool to see. It's a small it's a small community here in Australia. At the end of the day, I feel uh, it definitely is. It's so <laughs> lovely, isn't it? especially that WA community. It's it's just beautiful and um, yeah, so much fun. It's really it's really nice. Um, for people who want to get their hands on this sunscreen, um, how, how can they do it? Is this worldwide or is it just Australia? Do you guys do shipping? Like what's your, what's your whole process? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So easiest is to head to the website, which is just sunbutter.com.au mm -hmm. and we ship carbon neutrally worldwide. So anywhere in the world that the Australian postal system or our couriers can get to, we can ship to, um, I think Mozambique was my favorite. I have an American friend over there and she ordered some and I can't remember how long it took, but it got there. It made it to her, which I was super impressed about. Um, <laughs> and then if you want to support local, we've got a, a stockist page on our website where you can check out our stockists. Um, it's not, it's not complete. Uh, it doesn't have every single stockist because sometimes our sneaky distributors don't tell us all the stores they've filled up with some butter. Mm -hmm. But it's a, it's a pretty good guide to the stores around the country that are, that are carrying sun butter. So obviously, if you can find a store near you, go support local. And if not, then jump online. And, and if you're international, then jump online. That's, that's great. And that's your sunscreen one. You're also mentioning your um, surfer's zinc. Now, for non-Australians, would you like to explain a little bit what the zinc is? is what surf sink is or because <laughs> before i came to australia i had no idea what this was and just saw people with various oh, absolutely <laughs> it's so quintessentially australian um yeah i i didn't surf until i met my partner and uh i met sasha and we were living in exmouth and she kind of told me that she would probably fancy me a bit more if i could surf and i was like cool absolutely <laughs> <it>. i am <laughs> I am not leaving this surf break until, until I have, I've succeeded. And, um, so surfing is a, a really thick physical sunscreen. You put it on thick, predominantly only your face. Um, and like you say, it's such an Australian thing to see. Just someone with like a, a really white, although now you can get like tan or neon colours, just a white nose and cheeks. And, um, you know, obviously the majority of the rest of your body is in a wetsuit or a rashi or whatever. And so, yeah, it's thick. It's designed to stay on your skin for hours and just completely block the sun. And um, I love ours, actually. We have tan surfing. It smells like chocolate cookies. It's so good from the cacao butter. So um, summer surfs are the best because you're just whoo, yeah. ready just, to get out and go find a bakery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it stops the sun completely. I do, I do yeah. really like those, but um, I can't imagine many people in Europe, I guess, needing to use that. Um, and it is very much a surfing, I guess, surfing necessity. Yeah. I'm not so good on the surf. Um, I'm I'm very uncomfortable with waves. Growing up in landlocked Switzerland, waves are a bit. I like being underneath. I'll be yeah. free diving or scuba diving underneath waves, no problem. Surfing, can't do it. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, it's, I mean it's it's great for um <clears throat> for like any long any long activity if you're out fishing or you're out kayaking or you're on a surf or surfing whatever it might be if you're you know i don't know running an ultra marathon on the beach or something like that then the surf sink is is for you but um yeah it's really designed for those like high intensity active um sessions mm -hmm. 
and it's also nice because you can you can you can feel it on your skin you can you can sort of check if you've been out for hours and you just you know dab your cheek and it comes back with a bit of tan surf sink on mm-hmm. you know it's still up there doing its thing and if it's not then maybe it's time to come in and grab a quick coffee and reapply and and uh, get back out there yeah because i don't know i think living in australia it's made me much more aware of my skin and sun and that whole connection so i, I spend a lot more of my day worrying about sunscreen <laughs> And yeah. I mean, especially where you are. I mean, you, you're in a sunny place. You're, I think it's uh, the sunniest place in the world. Something, something crazy. Like we see clouds once every couple of weeks. Like, look, it's a cloud. Oh my god. Yeah. I wish I could say the same, but the mornings in Peninsula is is significantly more cloudy than northern Western Australia. Yeah. Well, it is a bit of a desert over here. Yeah. But it's it's magical, as as you know from living in Exmouth. It's a very unique place in the world, and even though it's not so populated, um, it's good to have people more aware of the reef safe kind of mission of sunscreen. Do you do you think it's gonna like translate like reef safe makeup or reef safe lotions, or do you think reef safe is something that needs to be eventually expanded on to for all the products we kind of make and use and depend on? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think it does. I think it's really tricky, Kat. Like, as you know, the hell list is constantly researching things and researching cosmetics. And they're, they're kind of like, okay, actually, we've just found out that this might not be a great product as well. This might not be a great ingredient. So the, the slight problem with the reef safe list, I guess, is it's going to be constantly changing as they're like, oh, well, We've just found that in really cold oceans, this ingredient does this. So that goes on the bad list. But um, mm-hmm. we definitely see, and I definitely think that there's like a real growing trend towards people looking for more naturally based products, be it, be it makeup or be it shampoos or, or anything like that. Like people, I think um, consumers are really starting to look for the shortest, most understandable ingredient list. Yeah. So um, <laughs> can I, I read like, these really- words? <laughs> Yeah, do I understand them? And I mean, if you look on the back of our tin, we technically, by law, we don't have to list all our ingredients. Mm-hmm. We only have to list our active ingredients. So that's the non-nano zinc oxide. But we choose to list them. But we also, when they come out in sort of their more scientific wording, people might be put off by them. So we are really keen to have in brackets next to them, like, this is just coconut oil, mm-hmm. you know, or this is just, this is just candelilla wax. This is just a, a plant-based binder you know it's not it's nothing to be scared about um you know this this just comes from a naturally occurring source it's, it's absolutely fine so um just to sort of alleviate any worries when people pick it up and say i don't know what that ingredient is i don't want to buy it they can look and say oh actually it's just it's just derived from coconut oil that's fine yeah um, i think um badger did the same thing it's like sarah alba brackets beeswax citrus tangerina absolutely. brackets tangerine <laughs> yeah Absolutely. That's such a good example. No, it's, it's really cool to see um, how this is growing so much. And now that Australia finally has a reef safe sunscreen, um, I'm very excited to be able to share that with people. Cause people ask, this is probably the top one question <laughs> I get like, Ooh. what sunscreen can I buy and where can I buy it? Um, yeah. Now, one thing that's, is a little bit sensitive. Um, and a lot of people, you know, ask the question it's like why should we spend that much money on a sunscreen right sunscreen is always expensive whether it's the you know banana boat or 
Woolworths brand, all of them are quite pricey. Um, yeah. So, you know, what is, what is the reasoning for those price tags as someone who makes sunscreen, especially reef safe sunscreen? Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I mean, it's an expensive process. There's a lot of um, fees and testing required to get your sunscreen passed with an SPF. Mm -hmm. And they actually use human subjects. Um, so I remember when I was um, at, at college back in England, I signed up to go and be a, like a medical guinea pig for uh, doctors testing out new ultrasound machines. And so they, they actually use people to test the efficiency of sunscreen. And so the manufacturers put together their form and say that we're pretty confident this is going to be uh, SPF 50 and they get people in, volunteers who get paid um, and they say, cool, we think it's a 50. We're going to test it as if it was a 30. And if it passes that, we'll keep going up. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, all these sorts of things are expensive and ingredients are quite expensive. Uh, we, I, I am well aware that Sun Butter is, is an expensive product. A little bit goes a long way, which is great. Um, had a three-week expedition in PNG and probably did face forearms and calves two or three times a day and still came back with probably just over half a tin, which was which is pretty cool after a big three-week expedition. Um, and then, you know, sourcing tins and things like that, we, we have to pay a bit of a premium for those. It's yeah, it's tricky trying to be ethical and environmentally friendly, but um, we definitely think it's worthwhile. <laughs> Oh yeah, especially because tins, you can be reused for other things afterwards, and most yeah. companies don't invest that extra money because it's cheaper to just use the basic plastic packaging that um, that's become so normal in today's society. Yeah, um, in terms it's something anything like uh, ninety-seven percent of all aluminium and tins that was has been produced is still in use. So, I mean, it's, it's so easy for companies to recycle and, and source and stuff like that, that you just, you finish your tin of sunbody, you rinse it out, you chuck it in your household recycling, and that will, that will get scooped up and turned into something else. Or our favorite is our customers repurposing their tins. Mm -hmm. And we get sent loads of cute photos of like little succulents growing in them, or people have cleaned them out and filled them with ground coffee for a hiking trip and things like that. And so it's kind of cute. That's great. You should you should provide a list of um, ideas of how people can repurpose their tins, because I think that's that's always a cute little thing seeing people not throwing away. But it is fully recyclable, so if people do choose to um, throw Absolutely. it out, so it can be recycled. Fantastic. Well, that is most of the questions I have. Um, I do want to ask you the question I ask all my guests at the end of the episode, which is. What is the one piece of advice you'd give people who want to help our oceans and protect them? Oh, um, I, think, I think from my perspective, one of the biggest things that stops people being involved or caring or doing anything is that it is such a huge issue. It's very daunting. So mm -hmm. people look at the news and the facts and the, the scientific research coming out, they see, you know, like hundreds of thousands of tons of plastic entering the ocean and coral reefs bleaching and fish stocks being depleted. And you just get this huge overwhelming sense, especially if you live somewhere or you're a person who's not particularly connected to the ocean. You know, there, there are plenty of people who don't want to swim in the ocean. I have cousins who are terrified of the ocean and they live in England and they're terrified of the ocean because yeah. of sharks. Yeah. And they have me as a cousin. They still don't, still don't want to paddle. Um, <laughs> I, think, 
I think just doing something like no matter how small your your contribution might be, it might be as small as refusing or uh, refusing a lid on your takeaway coffee. And then you do something, you're like, oh, I just did something good for the planet. What could I do to do better? Oh, maybe I could bring my own coffee cup. Oh, that's cool, yeah. And then you get these tiny little changes that sort of start building and start creating momentum in your own life. But people have got to realise that it doesn't matter how small your action, it's going to have a really a really big impact on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the coffee cup is such an easy one because, you know, as a country, we love hot drinks. And you saying, I don't want to live because I don't want the plastic because, you know, it's going to end up in landfill or the ocean. It's going to influence the people that make your coffee, the people that take your money, the friends you're with. And um, the people you know, behind you in the line. The people behind you, absolutely. So I think just doing something, no matter how small your action is, you know, you just feel great about it. You don't have to rush out and buy bamboo cutleries and straws and reusable bags and you know, reusable boxes by the dozen, you know, spend hundreds of dollars on it. You just can say, oh, look, I've heard there's a reef safe sunscreen. I watched Kat's awesome podcast. I've seen this really cool product. I'm going to buy a reef safe sunscreen. And you buy a reef safe sunscreen. And you think, I wonder about like, I wonder about my toothpaste. Oh, maybe I get a glass jar of toothpaste powder. And it just is this beautiful snowball effect that, that all of a sudden you find yourself as a champion and your friends turning to you for advice. And but you really just just start somewhere, no matter how small that start is. And uh, such a fun journey as well, I think. You've seen so many cool brands and creative products. Tom, <laughs> thank you so much for um, uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat to us and share your knowledge on Reef Day Sunscreen and provide this amazing product, which I'm very excited to use and very excited to let everyone in Australia know to use, especially if they can buy it in their local shops because yeah plastic free and reef safe that is a combination which weirdly didn't exist till you guys made it so thank you (laughs) yeah no worries yeah it's it's an absolute pleasure thank you so much for having me and yeah it's we're we're so so proud of our little product and our, our brand as it grows and this journey we're on it's it's such a fun such a fun adventure Thank you so much, Tom, for taking the time out to actually chat to us about Reef Safe Sunscreen and Sun Butter. As I said many times in this episode, I'm so excited to uh, include Sun Butter in my kind of daily routine, especially whenever I'm boating, going out on the reefs, because I really want to support companies and businesses who share the same ethos as me, and let's vote with our money. So let's support companies which are putting our oceans and our planet first. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to check out Graham Moe's music, who is the mind behind the funky beats in this episode and all the other Ocean Pancake episodes. Uh, He is based in Brisbane, but you can find him on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, all the places. Graham Moe's music. Go on and check him out and see you guys next time. And let's keep making this earth a greener, cleaner place.